Welcome to the Dance to Oneness podcast. My name is Amy Shine, and I'm inviting you to discover and explore the many different paths to more possibilities. Hi, everyone. This is episode 34 of the Dance to Oneness podcast. This week, I have the amazing Mr. Brendan Wash here with me. Hello. Um, hi, Brendan. Hi. I like the way that you say 34. <laughs> we are in the 30s. And so Brendan is, uh, so a lot of you know, know Brendan, some of you might not. He's an access consciousness facilitator. And um, Brendan um, is amazing. He talks about lots of different things. But recently, Brendan has started to facilitate a lot around addiction. And this is a really big topic. So um, we have some questions, but where would you like to get started, Brendan? It's your podcast. I know. So um, I guess well, my first question would be like, what is addiction to you? Well, it's to me, it's it's anything that you're like choosing, choosing as if you don't have choice with it that takes you out of being. Um, and for me, for me, my big one has been alcohol and you know and i started kind of looking at it at the start of this year while always knowing that it was something that i couldn't really live without i decided i couldn't live without and um so started looking at the start of this year but it was only a few months ago where i like made a big change with it and realized just how much was underneath the alcohol i always thought it was the alcohol that was the big problem and it was like it was it basically destroyed my life, but the alcohol was the last layer on the cake. You know, it was the thing that I'd topped it off with and there was so much shit underneath it that I didn't want to deal with. And, and I see that mainly people use their addictions to not be present in their life. So for me, I've noticed like even yesterday was an interesting day for me. Um, and I talked to Gary last night cause I was like, Hey, how can you help me with this? And, he was like, sure. And I said, all of the same um, things that were there that I'd use alcohol to cover up or that would come up after I'd stopped drinking are there today. Like not being present, anxiety, this panic in my world, all of these different things. And he said, okay, how much of that is yours? And I so wanted to say all of it, you know, because it was so familiar for me. All of those energies were so familiar for me. And I looked at it and I was like, none of it, you know, but, but it's so, so familiar that in the past, I just went too much to deal with too much awareness. Let me drink, let me hide, let me do whatever it is to just to get away from this. And I see that with a lot of people who choose addiction is it's oftentimes the people who have, you know, a high sensitivity to awareness and what's going on around them. Yeah. And they actually just are missing the tools to be able to deal with it. True story. And not, and missing the tools, but also recognizing that it, see for me, what I did was I, first of all, when I went, you know what, I've got to change this and blah, blah, blah. I, what I first started doing was, okay, I need to change it for my relationship. I need to change it for my job. I need to change it for this person, this person, this person. 
And I kept looking for why I needed to change it rather than the acknowledgement. And for me, that it wasn't working in my life anymore. And it wasn't until I got to that point that I went, you know what, this, I need this for me. I need something different for me that my life started changing and has since. But it's this, I guess it's this, um, getting to that point was a big gift for me. If I, if I didn't get to that point, I would still not be talking about this. Yeah, well, you have to do it for you. I mean, I actually work at a treatment center um, and it's so, you know, I go in there once a week and it's so obvious to meet the people there who are there because the court ordered it or because, you know, their relationship fell apart or they lost their job and they're there because they need to get that job back or the relationship back versus the people who are there who just are like, I need to change this. I need to do this for me. And the difference in their, who and difference in what they're reaching for and what they're willing to receive is it's, 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 it's incredible, you know, and a lot of times the people who are there just because they're being put through the court system or they lost their relationship, they end up back there months later. And I have to say, like, I really would love to see something different in the world with recovery. Um, yeah. Because it's like I see a lot of just people going through the system, like they're going through the rehab, they're going to AA. AA works for some people. It doesn't work for everyone. Um, there's great things in AA, but then ultimately, which actually one of the questions today was, why do people go back into addiction? Why do they stay sober for years and then go back into addiction? Um, And we can talk about that in a minute, but one of the things is to see that cycle of people not getting out of the loop. Yep. Yeah. And what else is possible there, you know? Well, exactly. What else is possible? And it's like, see, for me... um, for me, one of the big things was like, I knew I was getting, and looking back on it, it's much easier now to be, to be totally, you know, sober and out, out of it quite a lot is looking back at it. Now I, I get a clearer, a clearer picture of where I was heading, but I knew somewhere in my world that my future was, um, that I was destroying it. And at one point, and just through asking questions and, and, trying to get some clarity with it. At one point I got a glimpse of the future and what it could be without it. And that was the first time that I actually had hope enough hope in my world to actually choose something different. And I see that, that with where people go back is they've given up on themselves in the future. You know, they don't see. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. So one of the things I was looking at too is, uh, so when I, when I go to the treatment centers and like I ended up in AA at 21. So for me, when I, when I meet someone who's young and who gets Mm -hmm. this, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, your life could be so amazing. But look at that, your life could be so amazing. And what I notice a lot is that they have no sense of future. They have no hope for the future or possibility for the future. And I was the same ending up in AA at 21. I was like, this is my fucking future. Seriously, AA meetings in Ireland, by the way, I was surrounded by like 60 and 70 year old men um, who just talked about their drinking story all the time. And I was like, this is my future. Like, so the, the, there was not a lot of possibilities being shown to me. There wasn't a lot of like, Hey, Amy, you could have this as your future. And I just wonder too, like with, with the whole recovery and what we're offered in this reality with recovery, we're offered rehab, total abstination, like give up everything. And then we're offered AA. Like yep. there, there are your choices. And then you're like, that's going to be your life. Now you go to AA forever. 
you go to these meetings forever. And, and there was, and I, and I just noticed that in the treatments with the young people, with, with everyone, like what are, there is no possibility in their world. There is no future. Well, they've never been shown it, you know, and if you look at, you know, most people's addictions start very young and a lot of people, it, for me, I know, I, I look back at when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was make people happy. You know, I wanted to be a light in the world. I wanted to light up people's lives, to make them happy, to take care of them. I just, I had 8 billion jobs by the time I was six, you know, and, and I didn't realize at that age is that you can't fulfill the needs of others. So you come, you come in with this job of, you know, I need to make everyone happy and I need this and I need this and I need this. And, and that's where all of your energy go, goes. And before long, it's a, it's a, um, you create this, basically this reflexive place from which you function. So everything becomes a reflex to that. And it, it takes you out of choice. Like for me, it was interesting with the drinking and looking at it now, because I would like, I drink, but there was nothing. Cause you know, I talk about, I facilitate choice of possibilities classes and I talk about choice. You always have another choice. Not for me when it came to that. I, I seriously believe that there was no, uh, I didn't have a choice. And it was like, I couldn't stop. So it was such an interesting thing to be in because I knew I had choice in every other, well, most other areas of my life apart from this. So this thing, like if you notice with most people with addiction, they don't go, oh, I'm about to go and indulge in. It's just 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two days into it, you go, how did I end up here again? But Brendan, didn't you say at the start, like the first line you said at the start, which really popped was it was the thing that you decided you couldn't live without. Yeah. So if you've decided you can't live without it, then of course you can't have choice with it, right? Yeah, true story. So I wonder, like, you know, one of the first questions um, someone asked was like, what are the hidden addictions that aren't so obvious? Because the drinking addiction after a while will will show, it will expose to you, like, you know. Yeah. You'll get, you'll do like you fall down, you'll get hurt, like you'll do something crazy. Like that's what happened with me too. I did some crazy stuff and I and I harmed myself. So, but if your if your thing is like, say you can't live without your relationship, or you can't live without money, or you can't live without work, like how much is that like the hidden addiction then that we never get to really address? Yeah. Well, and it's and and then it's looking at what's underneath that. Cause I've done that as well. Like if you look at even relationship, for example, where you go, well, I can't live without this person. Well, is that actually true? And it's, this is where, like one of the things I knew with myself and one of the things that was that, you know, I took out of AA because I've done that too, was they talk about, you've got to be brutally honest with yourself. And I was like that I get, you know, that makes total sense because if I'm not brutally honest with myself, I have no idea of creating a life that's beyond this. And um, in that, it's like looking at the relationship, for example, is it true that you can't live without somebody? And if you go, no, okay, so what is it really? See, because the thing is also is you cannot change anything that doesn't belong to you. And in the conversation I was having with Gary last night, I was like, how do I get through this to more peace, to have that space in my world that is me? Because when I don't have space, I ain't much fun to be around, you know, 
and my life is just not the joyful exuberance that it is. And he said, and you know, and I've known this for many years, but he said it again last night, you cannot get through anything that doesn't belong to you. You know, so the thing with the need of another person, at what age did you buy that point of view as real and true for you? And the beautiful thing about access and the tools is, you know, in, in finding that energy in with one question, finding that energy where you're like, shit, I was six when I decided I couldn't live without, you know, when my, um, I was aware that my mother had the point of view, she couldn't live without my father or something like that. But you get this awareness of a, of a moment that you took that fixed point of view from that moment, you have been creating that as your reality. So for me, what I found when I started, you know, I did three and a half months ago, I did two weeks of rehab in Italy. I call it the Italian prison camp. Um, but it's like, so I did this two weeks and I needed it because I'd, I'd been doing AA and I'd been doing all of these different things. And it was basically, oh, well, let me, like I said, let me do it for somebody else. And let me just have a break for a little bit, and, you know, and then I'll get it right. And I'll do it t thousands of different things. But in this, one of the, one of the greatest gifts of this, of, of me doing that was I walked through my life and I started finding all of the places where I met, where I bought these points of view as real and true for me. And there are more still that show up now, but I started finding them and going, holy shit, that wasn't mine to begin with. So everything I did to buy that right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds and started clearing all of those decisions that I've made. You know, one of the things that um, I heard Gary say many, many, many years ago, and I didn't quite get it until, well, recently, but it was one decision made from unconsciousness can cause you 10 billion years of pain and suffering. And that's the way that we create our lives is you're like, why do I seem to not have choice with this? Because you've made some decision along the line that this is you and then you've defined yourself every point after that decision to make what to make that real and true and it isn't. You know, so for me, I'm I'm grateful because I to have the awareness that I have now, but also to have gone through a lot of it, we can speak to it from this place of you, you have a different choice. Well, speaking to someone in recovery about choice. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're lucky. Well, you're lucky. You know, you created it where you have a lot of, like you like you said, you've been facilitating about choice for years. But like, how do you speak to someone in recovery who really believes they don't have choice? You know, like, like it was drilled into me that I didn't have a choice. Like I was told like repeatedly that if I drank or took drugs again, I would die. Yeah. I was told the same thing, but and it's like, like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, if you, first of all, it's getting people to recognize that choice creates. I mean, one of the biggest gifts I got was when I went to my first class, uh, access consciousness class, like 12 years ago. And Gary Douglas said, everything that's showing up in your life today, is based on every single choice that you've ever made. And I, when he said that, it set something off in my world because what I'd done is what you're talking about is I'm victim and I have no choice. You know, so at that stage, you know, I was like, yeah, well, I had so many excuses. Well, I don't have money because I grew up poor. 
I don't have a relationship that works because neither did my parents. You know, I, I can't find happiness because of all the abuse when I was a kid. I had a reason and justification for everything. And it was the way that I was controlling everybody else around me to take care of me. Now, that's a whole other topic. But it's like, so in recognizing that and going, holy shit. So if I've created myself this way with every single choice I've ever made, what if I started making some different choices? And, you know, obviously my life has changed a lot since, but also, so it's getting people to recognize every single choice that we make creates something in our lives. It creates our future. And until you get that, then you're on an autopilot thinking that life's happening to you and you're not creating it. So this is where, you know, we come in with a conversation like this is because I was told the same thing. It's like you drink again, you're going to die and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it was like it was very rigid but also um, full of, you know, there was, no, there was nothing about a question. And that's the other thing with addiction is once you're addicted from in this reality's framework of how they deal with addiction is once you're addicted, you have a disease and you're addicted for life. Well, yeah. And it puts the fear of God in you, you know, like the, like the number two, step number two is like admitting you're powerless, you know? Yeah. And so that is one of the, I mean, there is the energy of, okay, once I start drinking, I can't stop. That doesn't, like you said, like, that doesn't mean you're going to be like that forever. You yeah, know, exactly. you can change this stuff. And I guess too, like the, one of the questions that came up and when we asked, when I asked online, what people wanted to know about addiction was like the, the, um, how like people go into one addiction or actually not, not that, sorry, that's another question. But the one that you just mentioned was what they tell you in recovery or therapies that this is a disease you're born with it. Yeah. Now, like, and then so for the for the people who are watching a family member in addiction, uh, like someone even said, it seems like they they grew up with this. It seems like this is in them. Like there's something in them that makes them prone to addiction. Yeah, it's called awareness. <laughs> and it's not in them, you know, but this is where like if you look at um like, let me just try and come up with some stupid example. But it's like, let's say you, um, you know, you go through school and you have all of these teachers teaching you how to do mathematics, right? And then, and you're like, okay, and you learn mathematics and you're fucking brilliant at it. Yeah. But then you get out of school and you realize that wasn't mathematics. And that was just a whole lot of bullshit is basically, and that's the Actually, it's kind of a good example because you kind of get it, but it's like, it's basically the way that we work with our lives. If you look at, if you're told that, you know, there's something wrong with you, 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 getting somebody to come along and go, no, there's not. You're like, yes, there is. Wait a minute. This is what I've been taught. Yeah, but what if everything that you, what if everything that you've decided is real and true about you isn't? And that's the thing that, that I really have started to get everything that I decided about me. I'm not that that's just everything I've defined myself as that's the image of me that I've created, but there's so much more. And in adding, you know, cause you would, one of the things, you know, that was full on for me with the alcohol addiction was it would just shrink me. Like I would drink, I'd go straight into wrongness, into panic, into just no hope into all of this. And it's like, so I would exclude myself from the world. That's a big 
world and a big universe to stop receiving from. And that's what I'd like to get people to is there's nothing wrong with you. A. A is there's nothing fucking wrong with you. And everyone, anyone who's told you that has only told you that to control you. So it's like, so getting, and notice even in saying that, where you kind of just get a little bit more strength about you, which is the other thing that I found with this was every single choice that I've made in the last three and a half months since beginning, beginning this part of the journey, every single time I've rather than go to not being present or go to drink or go to that wrongness or go to the whatever that I was using the addiction for, every time I'd make a different choice, I would get more of me. And that's that thing with choice is getting, it only takes one, you know, so when people don't get choice and then they make one choice that usually they would go, you know what, I'm a pile of shit. I'm so wrong. I'm so fucked up to what else is possible? And they make a different choice. They ask a question or they choose something else and they get that, just that tiny little bit of like extra of them, the more strength. That one choice has just set them on a different journey because now you know that choice creates. And that's the other thing is once you get that, then you, you get into your pile of shit, you get into whatever. It's like, okay, so what am I choosing this for? What is this choice creating? And then get yourself out of it with a different choice. And then that's that energy we spoke about at the start where now you're actually creating a future yeah. and there's possibilities for a future that gives you that energy of, okay, like I actually have something to create here. Like rather than this hopelessness, like there's nothing to do this, this war. for me, like the wor this world was hopeless. Like yeah. it was like, I was lost. This world didn't give me any hope. And so I drank and took drugs because that's, it numbed me out from it. So when I stopped, I was like, what do I do now? Yeah. And like, I remember like, I remember just doing like all sorts of stuff. Like I remember going kickboxing, trying to learn Spanish while I was on medication and couldn't even hear what the teacher was saying. Like, but I just, I made, I put myself in all these places because I knew I had to like, I had to start adding things. Otherwise I was just going to die. Yep. And well, I saw... Oh, sorry. Well, I just was going to say that I, I actually tagged you the other day in a post. I saw a post. It was like, because I actually follow a lot of like recovery things on, on Instagram. Uh -huh. And one of it was like, if you're, it's one thing to like stop drinking and get sober. But if you really want to like stay sober, you've got to like create a life big enough yeah. that you don't need, uh, create a life big enough that you don't need to escape it. True story. Create a life big enough that you don't need to escape it. And that's the thing is, and you've said possibilities a few times because it's like you possibilities, you would hear that and go, yeah, blah, blah. What's possibilities? Well, possibilities for you are based on the choices that you're making. So it's like when you see no hope for the future, then nothing is possible for your future. But it's like, you would go okay how do i get to possibilities well it begins with you don't have to you don't have to figure your life out to get there and for a lot of us it's like if you say you know what kind of a future would you do you desire to create for me even now still i get a sense of it but i don't i don't have a plan you know it's like it's created in every moment of i wonder what else is possible and there was something else i was going to say with the i don't know you brought something up before but my my head is an interesting thing lately. So, but it's like, it's, 
you know, at what age did you give up um, wonder and curiosity for pain and suffering? And I know for me, you know, it was around the age of like six starting school. It was before then it was like, oh, I wonder what else is possible. I wonder what I can do, you know, like, and this is with all the abuse going on. You know, I didn't have, I had a very abusive childhood. So for me, even that, I was still like, oh, I wonder what else is possible. But it wasn't, it wasn't until I decided that judgment was real, that the pain and suffering began, you know, so it's this it's a different journey that we go on, but it's a different journey based on what you can be and what space is available. And for most people, and especially in recovery, and you are so compressed with this judgment, but that the idea of space is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, what if you just, what if like from today, your world started getting like lighter and then you went, Oh, that's nice. Like what else is possible? And then lighter and then lighter and then lighter and then lighter. And what if it wasn't about what you need to do in life and what you need to accomplish in life? What if it was about now, what can I be? You know, I started asking this thing a couple of weeks ago. I was in Brazil and I was cranky, 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 cranky pants. And um, I got up one morning and I was like, okay, what kind of a world would I like to be in today? And I got a sense of it and I was like, okay, is me being this going to create that world? And I was like, uh-uh. So in, in that, I went, you know what? I'm going to be what it is that I'd like to be in this world. And from there, it's like just from that little bit, you start getting a different sense of who you'd like to be. And you're like, and then event, and then you start, you know, you start choosing based on that lightness and you start getting more space. And then it's like addiction what fucking what addiction and it will come up but as you get more space and more of that strength of you from making different choices it will become a lot less relevant you know and i am i i do you know there's so that there's so many lies involved with this that we have the tools to go beyond because when you're stuck in a lie there's no way out of that lie as long as you believe that lie is true Yeah, there's, I mean, I think that's why there's such a demand now for, like, I was telling you before we got on, like, like the amount of questions yesterday that came in when I asked, like, what do you want to know about addiction? Because we have this, this whole, and also this is a multi-billion dollar business, you know, and um, you got to be aware of that too. Like, do, do the treatment centers really want, you know, or whoever is running the treatment centers really want people to know they have choice and actually well, get do away. yeah well even take it broader does your family Ooh. you know does your <laughs> relation like let's be, that thing i talked before about being brutally honest and this is not about making people in your life wrong but it's like one of the other things that i was you know talking in this conversation that i had last night was it's like when i was drinking i was predictable and controllable now that I'm not, it's like, holy shit, what's Brandon up to? You know, what's he up to? Because it's like, but I've taken away that box that I'd put myself in. And this is the other thing is the box that I put myself in, not the box that I was put in, which is where a lot of people get stuck in the addiction stuff too, is this was done to me. 
Well, if you get out of that and go, you know what, I put myself in this box, then what's beyond it, then that's when you empower yourself with choice. But what I've seen is it makes people a little bit uncomfortable when you start getting more of you. You're not the predictable. You're going to go back to using drugs. You're not going to, you're going to go back to, you know, drinking alcohol. You're not going to, whatever that addiction is, what are you going to choose now is most people don't like that because you have too much choice and now you're not controllable. And that is a, it's even in that it's a huge conversation. You know, I have, um, I've seen how the addiction with me has affected so many other people's lives also. So it's, you know, it's, but sitting in that wrongness of it is only making the addiction more real and more powerful than you. So, and I have 8 billion tools and we're already done 30 minutes. Um, so I don't yeah. know how long we're going for. Well, we, I think we can start wrapping it up. I mean, this is like, we could talk all day about this. There's so many yeah. different facets to this conversation of addiction and recovery. And um, you are going to be doing um, its three part call telecall series starting right after Christmas. Do you want to yeah. tell us the title? Yeah, it's called addiction. And then what did I put? Are the you tagline. being, are you, are you being the wagon or waiting to fall off it? You know, and this, that was another big thing for me was, the pressure of, you know, I didn't just do, I'm not just dealing with addiction. I'm dealing with addiction in the spotlight. You know, I've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, you know, are engaged with me in some way with access consciousness. So it's like, I was freaking the fuck out, you know, and, and, you know, I talked to Gary about it one day and he, and he was like, why don't you just enjoy it? Why don't you tell people, Hey, come follow me, come check out this topic and watch, Watch and wait until I fall off the wagon. Because <laughs> most people, that is the other thing with, with um, addiction is how many projections do you have of you, have on you that you're going to fail? Yeah. You know, so that, even that alone, one tool I would say with that is every morning when you wake up, all the projections, expectations, separations, judgments, and rejections that are designed to kill or destroy right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, poison melons, and keep clearing them because you're going to be aware of that too, going, when am I going to fall off the wagon? When am I going to fall off the wagon? When am I going to fall off the wagon? Rather than, that's a choice also. One promise I've made to myself with this is I'll be honest with myself. So I am not, I will not promise anyone that I will not drink again. Well, it's like when you swear, okay, I'll never drink again, then you're controlled by that, you know? Yeah, it still owns me. It owns you, yeah. And, you know, my big thing was like, I'll never take drugs again. Like that was the biggest wrongness in my world. And I realized like it was creating such a limitation because not only was I like controlled by that point of view, I was also not willing to receive from people who took drugs because yeah. I had to exclude them from my world then. So I had to get to the point where I was like, what if I actually had allowance for this? Like, cause you nah. have, then you create all this judgment around the drink or the drugs and people who do do it and people who don't do it and who you receive from and who you won't receive from and who you allow into your world and where yeah. you allow yourself to go. And I remember just getting to a point where I was like, what if I just allowed myself to have the choice, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. I had all this judgment of the drugs, but the drugs were never the problem. Yeah. The alcohol is okay. not the problem. Exactly. <laughs> And Soma, I mean, I I was having a conversation the other day with some people and go, bringing up this energy that I had of 
it's like this thing of, well, now that I don't drink, I'm going to be left out. But also that's a major, that's a major projection. People, one of the, one of the reasons that I started drinking was to fit in because I had this, this overwhelming awareness of how different I was. And I was like, so how do I fit in? Well, let's, let me do what other people are doing. So drinking for me was a big part of that. So now in stopping, it was like, now, how am I going to fit in? Um, I don't fit at all. So I was like, who am I being with that? And, and one of the things that helped me was, you know what, I'm going to be a leader in that too. What would that be like for me? What would it be like if I could, if it wasn't the alcohol that created joy in my life, what would actually be joyful for me? So just so you know, you do have hope, Yeah. Um, you know, and it can be so much easier than you think. So, so, well, not necessarily easier, but you can have so much more ease with it. I look at the last three and a half months for me and in those first two weeks when I did the rehab was, I was like, Ooh, I'm terrified. You know, and I know that fear is not real and I was terrified, (laughs) but it's like looking back on that last three and a half months, there's been a lot of ease with it a lot. So with these tools and with all of the information that we're getting with so much more that we're creating in the world right now, there can be a lot of ease with it. Yeah. And there can be many ways to recover too. Yeah. You know, yeah. And what is, what works for you may not work for someone else. So totally. And exactly what works for you. And what if, what if you did it your way? Exactly. And that's, I think one of the, things that I love about the tools of access is that we're not saying go to A. They're not saying don't go to A. They're saying go, but choose what works for you. And the stuff that doesn't work for you, leave it there. And maybe A doesn't work. Maybe rehab. I never got to go to, I never got to go to a treatment center. So I always felt like I missed out, you know? It was not much fun. (laughs) You know, it was not much fun at all, but, but it's like, but it's interesting. Like I, you know, I function from question to the best of my ability and, you know, and I've been doing, access consciousness for 12 years been facilitating choice of possibilities classes for four and i went i basically to me when i went into rehab had the idea of myself that i was just broken there was something seriously wrong with me and i had five therapists round basically round the clock with me from um psychiatrists um psychologists um uh, behavioral people like all of these different things so rigid in their point of view that it was like but I still got different parts from all of it because it's not about excluding any of it it's finding the path and finding the way that works for you you know and I was told when you get out of here if you don't do 90 meetings of AA in 90 days you will fall off the wagon and I <laughs> so I was it were getting out of there. I was already thinking shit, like I got to do this and do this and do this. And what I've done is I've taken it day by day and I've taken it from what works for me, but also having the demand of myself to look at what the choice will create if I do it. And that now for me, like I looked, I was looking at this yesterday and I was like, and I indulged in it for like five or 10 seconds. I was like, what would it be like? And I just went, you know what? No. That is so not worth me giving up what it would take for me to give up to have that, just to have that. 
I was like, uh, 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 no. So that's the, the, the other thing with this is that thing of getting the more space you get of you, the more valuable you become to yourself. And the more valuable you become to yourself, the things outside of you become less relevant. You become let they become um, less of that no choice universe that you've been dealing with with addiction. And now you go, you know what? I could have that and give up this, or I could have this and know that's there, but I don't have to choose it. Well, it's like the more you have a view, you actually don't want to abuse yourself anymore. Right? I know. It's like <laughs> this is the first time in my life that I've been like, wait, you mean I can actually live my life and have fun without torturing myself? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you can actually be kind to you. Yeah. Oh, and it's goodness. like you're not wrong for any of it. We, we all fuck up. You know, we've all done things in our lives that you might not be proud of, but it's like you are who you are. And there's blah. Hot, yeah. I, could, I could talk for hours on this right now, but we're not going to. No, we're not going to. You're, if anyone wants more of these conversations, you can join Brendan on the tree park call. It starts right after Christmas. So good time 27. of year. Yeah, good time of year to look at this right before New Year's. So, and everyone's welcome. This isn't just for people with addictions. If you have someone who you're like someone in your family and you're looking at them in addiction come join us like we can explore all facets of addiction here and um, yeah, you know story we've all been on both sides of it like i've been in addiction and i've also been in relationship with someone i adore in addiction so there's there's lots of different parts to this conversation and it's well, all are welcome well you, and that's the other thing too is um with this and i just want to say this because it is a conversation I want this, this telecall, this is going to be, we all have different awarenesses with this. Like, it's like, I might even bring in people that have been, um, you know, dealing with other people with the addictions. And, you know, it's like, cause I want it to be a place where people have the space to explore what it is for them because it is what it is for you. It's not what it is for me. So that's yeah. all I have to say. Thank you. I love that. Okay, guys. Thanks for watching. Thank thanks for being thank here. Thank you for having me on, Amy. Thanks, Brendan. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank we'll you. see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Dance to Oneness podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to know more about what I have to offer, you can find me at www.amyshine.net.